big bark. Listen up, dog owners. It's for you, all you canine lovers. It's your favorite podcast, The Big Bark, with your host Dara Burke and canine co-hosts Bruno and Millie. The Big Bark. Hello and a big welcome to the Big Bear Podcast, Ireland's favourite canine podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Burke, and I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful canine co-hosts, Bruno and Millie. And this is a big episode for us this week. It is our 50th episode, and I suppose, go back a long time ago, I didn't ever think that this would keep going for 50 episodes, but, well, obviously, thrilled to say that it has. Uh, over the course of the last 50 episodes, we've had some absolutely amazing guests. And, well, let me just give you an idea of who some of those guests actually have been. So, we have had Dr. Reynolds Samantha Rawson, who now chairs our Clever Canine slot. And uh, we have had Pete DeVette. We have three vets sharing uh, our health hub every week now. Recently, we had Susie Walsh and Dr. Bobby Ortiz. We've had Matt Muramadi Mur- on this year as well. We had Sean Matches from Fetch Day all the way in the US telling us about her business over in the US. And Annie Grossman in the US there. Back last September as well, one of the champion dog trainers of New York. Now, obviously, we've had so many more guests than that. We've had Pep on on a number of times. We've had plenty of groomers on, uh, other dog trainers. Can't go through everyone, really, but it's been an absolutely fantastic 50 episodes so far. And we're really looking forward to bringing you another 50. Now... Coming up on a bit later on on today's show, obviously we do have, as I mentioned, our health hub, and that's with uh, Tree Veterinary Clinic. So we'll be going over to chat to Ashley Bugler in Tree Vets about obesity in dogs a bit later on. We have Samantha Lawson from the Canaan College coming up in just in a little short bit, and we... We'll be talking to Samantha following on our conversation from last week in Clever Canines about new puppies and particularly what happens when your new puppy arrives home. Last week we looked at the red flags to watch out at breeder establishments and like what to look for when you're going to select a new puppy. So we'd like to have Samantha back on to continue that conversation this week a bit later on. Now, it has been, I suppose... um what I would describe as a an absolutely fantastic week. Um, there's no real other way to put it. So, as some of you may have seen on our Instagram page, uh, we did have quite the big announcement there on, put up on Wednesday's post that went up. So, this week just gone, myself and Jen went to Westport to spend a couple of days there on vacation. Now, Westport is a beautiful town. So many dog-friendly places there. would highly recommend it. 
Uh, just everything about Westport was magical, but I suppose the one thing that was more magical than anything was, well, on Tuesday in Westport, I, after six years, and some people would say, I wait in my sweet ass time, and other people said about time, and other people said about bloody time. Uh, I proposed to Jen on Westport Beach, so obviously my <clears throat> it was a dream come true when she said yes. Now, for those of you who probably know me, or even those of you who don't, anyone knows that like I'm the biggest dog person going ever. So in the run up to, I suppose. Finally getting the balls to actually get down on one knee. Uh, I was trying to come up with a way to actually to do it. And I always wanted to have the doggies involved, but the dogs won't actually come into Westport with us. So I was trying to find an, like a lovely way to get them involved. <clears throat> so i just got to tell you a bit of a story here about... Well... I'm going to go all the way back to, I suppose, the first week that I met Jen, and more specifically, the day that Jen met Bruno. Now, Bruno was only a little 10, 12 week old puppy at this stage. And, like, oh, he was just so cute. His ears, if any of you have ever seen his photos from when he was a puppy on our page, definitely, if you haven't, have a look at them. They're floating around somewhere on the page. And I think, like, for me, like, Bruno was such a huge part in, I think, first getting, getting Jen to go up me. Obviously, like, I'm, like, handsome man and all that myself. I, like, sure, she's, I, I, like, sure. She, she couldn't resist me either, but I think, like, for me, it was Bruno, well, was being a little... Small little brat of a puppy, so he was. He's still six years on. He's still an absolute brat. But I gave him this tiny little tap on the nose. And like it wasn't even like a uh, powerful tap. It was just like a little tap. And straight away, he went into Jen's lap. And I think that was the moment for me when I saw how affectionate she was for him. That was the moment for me that I knew there was something special about her. So, yeah, it did take six years after that, just over six years, to actually finally propose. Um, Millie came along shortly after Bruno. Now, Bruno did not like Millie at all. Now, Millie was only supposed to be spending a short amount of time with us originally, but six years on, what a delight that she's still with us here. So... As time went on, I saw, like, how much, like, how amazing Jen was with the dogs as well. And, like, for me, that's such an important thing in a person, like, that they have to be kind to animals and have to love animals. And she loved dog the dogs, two dogs, just as much as I did. So, I think over time we started referring to her as the dog's mammy, which she has definitely become. So, on Tuesday... This brings us right back up to the present point. On Tuesday, 
We took a little drive out from the hotel in Westport out to Bartra Bay and Bartra Beach. Now, if it's right in the Clue Bay area of Westport, sits directly in front of Crow Patrick, and I'd recommend it to absolutely anybody to take a trip out there. The great thing is, if you're coming from like, come from Dublin, come from Cork, from Limerick. It's a lot quicker to get to Westport now too because with the whole bypass around Chum and it literally cuts about an hour and a half off your journey, which is great. But no one really cares about traffic. People want to hear the story. So we took a drive. I didn't tell Jen where I was gone, where we, where we were gone. Didn't give any indication at all. Just said we were going for a drive. Now, you got to remember, I was a brave man here because, like, neither of us had coffee yet. Which I'm actually drinking right now. And I think it's it, it's a, like a brave thing to talk to someone before they've had their coffee. Something that Jen likes to remind me on a <laughs> regular basis. So we got out as far as Bertra Beach. Took us about maybe 15, 20 minutes on these windy, bog backers roads. Great thing about Westport. No such thing as motorways or anything just yet. We arrived at the beach anyway. And it had been absolutely pissing down rain for the day and a half beforehand. So since we arrived in Westport, it had been lashing rain. So a lot of what we kind of wanted to do, I suppose, we wanted to go to Ackle Island. We couldn't because it was uh, just horrible weather. So we arrived on Bertra. And we walked over towards the beach. We even had to jump over a giant puddle, which in June you really should not have to do. We arrived at Bartra and it had stopped raining to sit. And out of the car we got, and we walked over towards the beach. And there was a, I suppose, a landing of steps that were going down to the beach, and we stopped there. At this point, I sent Jen two pictures. To a phone on Viber. Just two pictures of the doggies. Because, like, we are both missing our babies at the set. And I sent her the two pictures. I told her to check her phone. Now, if this was probably five, ten years ago, this plan would not have worked because there was no such thing as 5G, even in the most western point of Ireland. There was no such thing as 5G whatsoever out there. There was no such thing as probably G out there, actually, I'd say. So, thank God, this plan, actually, it did depend on having data. It did depend on having a network. So, thank God, we had a network. So, Jen opens her phone, opens up Viber. And for anyone who has been on our social media this week, you would have seen the pictures that I sent to Jen. First one was a picture of Millie, and Millie is sitting there with a printed sign in front of her. 
And it says, we want you to be our mammy forever. We all love you so much. And then the other picture was of Bruno. And Bruno had another sign in front of him that said, will you marry our daddy? I look back, I can still see the like the look of, I suppose, confusion as like kind of uh, what the hell is going on kind of thing. Like what, I won't say the other word I said, put in hell there and said, but it's kind of like what, what, what's going on. And when she looked back from her phone, I was there down on one knee. And I'll be honest, I was fine back to tears because it was the most nervous I would say I've ever been because I was about to ask the biggest question of my life, to the love of my life. And I asked her, would she marry me? As you can guess from the posts and the photos, thank God and... So happy that she said yes. I was asked afterwards by her, what would I have done if she said no? Now, like, look, I suppose, handy that I picked a beach. Like, John Lennon's island was just out in the bay, so I was going to swim to that and, like, seclude myself for the rest of my life on an island. And, well, yeah, I, I, I picked a good spot, I guess. Look, <clears throat> for me, it was the most important thing ever to get the doggies involved. Since we've come back, we're both still smiling at everything that happened. Every time we call each other our fiancés, we're still smiling and we're like just, I think, I, I don't think I've ever seen Jen smile this much and like, I just know I'm so happy to be spending the rest of my life with her. And the fact that now we will have a wedding to plan going forward. So the next, that's the next, I suppose, thing, Saturday. So I'll keep you all updated on that when we probably have Saturday. And like, it's something that we do want our doggies, Bruno Millie, to be involved and very much. I think Millie is already the maid of honor. Um, the canine maid of honor. And Bruno's already my canine best man as well. Obviously, we're probably going to have to pick human ones too, but um, I, I don't see why. Uh, I think doggies are the best. And they, they bring out the best of us as well. And for me, I think it's not just the doggies, but Jen has brought out the very best of me and made me want to be a much better person as well. So, yeah, uh, that was this week. Uh, let us know your what you think of. Was it cheesy? Was it adorable? Was it the way I got the dogs involved? What did he did like that? And I look like, for me, it's made me the happiest I could ever 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 be and I'm just so thrilled that I get to plan a wedding with love my life and have like if I had two dogs like 
got them involved. And thanks to everyone who has commented on our little post I put up as well. So many people are happy for us. And it's great to see that so many people are like that happy for us because like well she makes me the happiest I've ever been. And I just Yeah, I, I'm gonna keep moving on now before I uh probably like burst into a blubbery mess because this is uh about dogs after all the show. So right now what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a little Little lad, and then we have our little session with the health hub, which brought to you by Tree Veterinary Clinic coming up. Do you have a pet in need of a vet, or do you need some health advice for your four legged friend? Whether it's for a regular checkup, microchipping, vaccinations, or critical urgent care, you can rest assured knowing that your pet is in loving hands at Treaty Veterinary Clinic Limerick and Shannon. Providing care for your pet since 1986, at Treaty Vets, your pet is our priority. Call our 24 hour number 061 328 511 or make an appointment through our website www.treatyveterinaryclinic.com or find us on Facebook or Instagram. Treaty Veterinary Clinic, proud sponsors of the Health Hub on the Big Bark. Okay, and welcome back to the Big Bark. I want to join now on the Health Hub by Ashley from Treaty Vets this week. Ashley, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. How are you doing? Not too bad on yourself. Good, thank you. Very good. Okay, so Ashley, uh, this week what we want to talk a bit about is obesity. We'll start off on this one this week. So, okay, obviously in, I suppose in humans as well, obesity has become a huge factor and it's becoming a big problem, not just in Ireland, but around the world. But this is equally a big problem in, uh, in dogs. You want to chat to us a bit about the problems that obesity can cause long-term in dogs absolutely yeah so um it is obesity is the most common medical disease of dogs nowadays it's the most it's the biggest problem we see with our pet dogs every every, a lot like most dogs coming through the door now because they're so they're almost so well looked after their people are just too kind almost and we're getting this problem of excess body weight so obesity is excess fat or in medical terms adipose tissue and it is caused by an excess of calorie intake. So the dog is just eating too much over its calorie requirements. So the, the problem with obesity is obviously that, it, it, you know, it, we all know in humans, obesity is, is dangerous. It can cause increased risk of osteoarthritis, diabetes, you get urinary tract disease, kind of cardiovascular disease and heart disease. It can also cause, you know, lead to make you more prone to different types of cancers and even just like mechanical problems. You know, they get this fat collecting over their hips and, and, and over their tail head and dogs will struggle you know, to walk eventually. So they get this kind of waddle on them and, and they, 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 it hurts them to walk. So obesity is not alone a health problem, but it's, it's a kind of it's a problem for the dog's quality of life as well. So we really need to talk about kind of preventing obesity and and, and getting, you know, and, and, and how to lose weight in our pets as well. So there are certain breeds that are very prone. Like all breeds are susceptible to, to gaining weight. Obviously, it's, it's a simple thing of calories in, calories out. But some breeds are more prone. So your Cavalier King Charles Spaniels are very prone. Your Cocker Spaniels, obviously, we know our Labradors and our Golden Retrievers. 
they're very prone to, to putting on weight easily. Dalmatians and Daxies and Rottweilers and even Terriers and, and then crosses of all those breeds. So they're the big ones to look out for, but all breeds are susceptible. And, you know, there is many other factors too, like genetics and lifestyle, activity levels. So the easiest way to, to kind of start thinking about, you know, your dog's weight is to think about it from when they're a puppy. So really important that to remember that if your dog is to eat 1% over their calorie requirements starting from when they're a pup by middle age they will be obese so it's not a lot of over the limit you know to start getting you know weight gain so we really need to think about how we're going to prevent excess um, calorie intake from a pup so the first thing to think about is that ad libitum feeding is not really a good idea in general a lot of dogs don't really have a satiety center in their brain, especially Labradors. So they have no idea when they're full. So they'll just keep eating, you know, especially if the food is tasty and kind of high calorie food, they'll eat that regardless of whether they need to or not. So a really good idea is when you have a puppy is to get them onto a good quality dry food. These good quality foods will have feeding guidelines on the back of the bag based on the weight and age of, of the puppy and, and feed according to those. Now, it's not an exact science and there is a bit of trial and error in it. But if you feed within those guidelines, you generally can't go too far wrong. The big issue is when we start feeding human food, really. So a lot of human food is very high in calories, especially the processed meat. So, for example, if you were to feed an average dog a cocktail sausage, that would be you know, almost equivalent to a human eating about 16 cocktail sausages in one go. So when you think about it like that, you can really see how easy it is for dogs to, to be over their calorie intake there. Okay, Ashley, that's very good. And like, okay, Ashley, for, I suppose for people who are worried about their dogs uh, being obese, what are some of the signs and some of the symptoms to actually watch out for and know if your dog is overweight? Absolutely. So um, the first thing I suppose is you'll see is that they, they, they kind of lose their waistline. So we know as you're looking on, say, looking at your dog from the top, they should have their ribs should come out a little bit and then their waist should tuck in. You shouldn't, you know, there should be a figure there. So if you notice that your dog is kind of the same size from its chest all the way back to its bum, that is that that dog is probably carrying excess weight. The other thing is then kind of feeling the ribs. You want to be able to feel the ribs through the kind of a, like a, a kind of a layer, a little layer of fat, but you should be able to easily palpate the ribs, but not see them, obviously. Then the other thing is obviously a pendulous abdomen. So if you notice your dog's kind of ventral abdomen, the belly area is kind of hanging down, that's obviously not normal. And then the fat gathering, as I said before, on either side of the tail head and over the hips, and seeing this waddling gait, and even something just as simple as a decreased exercise tolerance so if you think god my dog used to walk a lot further and now he's sitting down a lot more or he's not as keen to go on walks and have a good feel of your dog like get get hands on and give him loads of cuddles and loads of rubs and you'll feel that excess weight you know over the waist and over the ribs and over the tail head and and you'll kind of know yourself that your dog is overweight you know yeah absolutely and like okay so you mentioned i suppose some of the the effects that obesity can have long term can you give us maybe a bit more detail on the likes of the diseases that obesity can actually cause in dogs 
yeah so I suppose the main the main issue is is osteoarthritis so when a dog is overweight they're carrying excess fat that puts a lot of pressure on the joints so that doggy is having to lug around excess weight that they're not built to carry around their little legs aren't really you know they're not they're not able to carry around all that weight I've seen dogs that are you know 10 15 kilos overweight and they're they're trying to carry all that weight around putting so much extra pressure on their joints that causes inflammation in the joint which sets up a kind of a cascade of, of inflammation within the joint, which then goes on to cause pain. So when you have inflammation in a joint, those inflammatory cells, they kind of attack the joint itself and then eventually attack the bones in the joint and everything. So you're getting all this inflammation and pain in the joint. And then that's kind of a vicious cycle then because the dog doesn't want to exercise because it has this osteoarthritis. It doesn't want to walk around, doesn't want to do exercise. So it's more difficult then to get the dog to exercise, to burn calories. So that's the biggest issue. And that's almost has, a you know, it has a massive impact on the dog's quality of life. Then, you know, you see dogs that are overweight are more likely to get things like cruciate disease. So that's kind of um, rupturing of the cruciate ligament in the dog's back knees. So and then the problem with that is then if they're obese, when that happens, they're more at risk during the general anesthetic when they have to have surgery to have that ligament repaired. The general anesthetic isn't as safe as if they were a normal weight. And also then when they're in recovery, obviously they have had to have plates and screws put into their knee. Those plates and screws are then under more pressure because the dog is overweight. So the biggest issue is joint issues, things like that. Then obviously diabetes is a big problem. So dogs that are obese are more likely to get type 2 diabetes. Other issues are things like urinary tract disease. So overweight dogs are more likely to get um, UTIs and problems with their urinary tract. And even things like they're just their immune system isn't as good. Also things like skin disease. We, we often find with dogs that are obese, they might not be on the best diet. So they might not have a nutritionally balanced diet. So sometimes their immune system isn't great. And that you can see that coming out in the skin. So they might have kind of a poor coat and poor skin. Um, and especially dogs that then go on to develop skin folds. So dogs that have kind of folds of fat and skin, you know, at, around the tail head, the, you know, the vulva region and around their mouth and their chest, you can get infections there. So, and it, it's similar in people that are obese, um, the skin folds, it's kind of moist in between those folds and you get dermatitis in there. And that's very hard to resolve because the problem, it's, it's impossible to, you know, it's very hard to remove the problem unless the dog loses the weight. So you get these kind of moist area where bacteria are very keen to grow there and you get, you can get horrible skin infections there. And, and itchiness and things like that so all that kind of stuff really impacts your dog's quality of life and and it's a totally preventable problem and um, i suppose the biggest thing is to just drive home the point that is to prevent this problem because once your dog becomes obese it's a big challenge to get them to lose weight now it absolutely can be done and we have done it many many times we do it every day but it is it's it, it's a struggle you know for both for fur owners to get weight off their dog because they have to feed their dog less and feed them less treats and increase their exercise it's a challenge and um, if you can prevent this from happening it, it it's a lot easier obviously the other point is that we kind of know now in recent years about recent studies have shown that and um, same as in humans, once you gain those fat cells, say as a say as you you know if you're a one year old dog and you you get overweight and you gain those fat cells, those fat cells never actually go away. When we if the dog becomes overweight and they lose weight, we just we're just shrinking the fat within these fat cells. Those fat cells actually always stay there. So that doggy will always be prone to putting on weight and will easily put on weight. So we'll have to be on a strict calorie controlled diet for the rest of their life. If we can prevent them gaining those fat cells in the first place, it's a lot easier to kind of 
prevent them getting fat as they as they age. So that's just the main point really is to try and prevent weight gain when they're kind of, you know, as a puppy and a one year old, two year old dog, when they're in their younger years is to really try and prevent weight gain. And that's kind of the main point that I want to get across there. That's brilliant, Ashley. And thanks ever so much for joining us today to talk about obesity. And you'll be back to us again next week to chat about another topic. That is Ashley from Treaky Vets on Health Hub. And we'll be right back after this. You have a pet in need of a vet or do you need some health advice for your four-legged friend? Whether it's for a regular checkup, microchipping, vaccinations or critical urgent care, you can rest assured knowing that your pet is in loving hands at Treaty Veterinary Clinic Limerick and Shannon. Providing care for your pet since 1986, at Treaty Vets, your pet is our priority. Call our 24-hour number 061-328-511 or make an appointment through our website www.treatyveterinaryclinic.com or find us on Facebook or Instagram, Treaty Veterinary Clinic. Pride sponsors of the Health Hub on the Big Bark. And big thanks again to Ashley from Treaty Vets there talking about obesity, the important things to remember about ensuring your dog is on a healthy, balanced diet and just the general things to watch out for if you think your dog is overweight and what to do. Make sure you chat to your vet, chat to Treaty Veterinary uh, Clinic here in Limerick, who are the sponsors of the Health Hub on the Big Bark, or chat to your own vet as well, whoever that may be, as every vet will be able to tell you the different tips to actually remember and what to look out for. Now, uh, just, I suppose, next thing to chat a bit about, we have two things here to talk about before we move on to our Clever Canine section with Samantha Rawson. So first of all, our competition in collaboration with Brandy Dog Food is still ongoing. That's going on until the 5th of August. You have a chance to win three months supply of Brandy Dog Food for your pet. Just remember, what you need to know is the secret breed. And I'm going to tell you that right now. And that is Bernie's Mountain Dog. So remember, you need a secret breed, which is Bernie's Mountain Dog, for the competition and you can enter that on brandy's website which is in our uh bio and it's in our uh our links our links as well in uh on our page and on our facebook page so brandy is 50 years old this year as well uh it's our 50th episode so we thought it would be a great idea to get uh, on board and Brandy thought it would be great to get on board with us as well to promote this competition, promote our 50th anniversary. So remember, you have a chance to win three months supply of Brandy Dog Food with the Big Bear Podcast. Go to brandydogfood.com to enter and just click on the enter button next to the uh, Big Bear logo. You will be asked what the secret breed announced during the Big Bark episodes 49 to 53 is. You'll be asked for your name, your dog's name, your email address, and just your basic permissions and stuff as well. And you do got to remember terms and conditions apply. All terms and conditions can be found on brandy.food.com on our website there. So, yeah, that is our, our competition. Be sure to enter and be sure to get on over to Brandy Dogfood to get your entry in. You have some time yet, but yeah, be sure, enter as many times as you want as well. 
be sure to do that. It's not, it's not just one entry. You can enter as many, many times as you like. Now, uh, okay, so we have our other composition that we need to uh, chat about. Over the last number of weeks, we've been looking for a new name for our topic, which will be our Agony Ant section, uh, where, like, listeners will write in for advice, uh, specifically doggy topic-related advice and anything along those lines. We've been running a voting competition over on Instagram, and our two finalists this week were Kenan Conundrum and Ducky Dilemma. Now, the overall winner from the votes counted between Instagram and Facebook was Kenan Conundrum. So, delight to announce that Kenan Conundrum is a new name for our uh, kind of agony and voice section. So, We'll be starting that properly next week because I don't actually have any <clears throat> advice to like ask about this week. So we'll be starting that next week. Uh, and that will come under the Canaan Conundrum name. And uh, best, well, like I suppose, well done to everyone who entered, got that far. And well done to all the finalists, Ducky Lama as well. And we are going to work, hopefully, and maybe try, because we love that name as well, we're going to try and bring the name Doggy Dilemma in at some stage as well, for maybe a different topic. So, uh, and here the princess has just joined me right now. Uh, Millie has decided to come in, and yeah, she likes the name Canine Conundrum, so we're delighted that that is our winner. And yeah, there'll be more on that coming up in the next few days over on our Instagram page, so be sure to keep an eye on that. Millie's just doing her little tappy paws around here now and has decided she likes to be noisy. So, you know, you can yeah, you can hear the little clickies of her little paw prints here, it's it. So, yeah. Uh, okay, up next is our... We're going on over shortly down now to our Clever Canaan section with Samantha Rawson and we'll be... Right back after one more short little ad break. Clever Canines on the Big Bark is brought to you by the Canine College, run by champion dog trainer Samantha Rawson, a regular contributor to RT Radio and Television. Samantha is a certified canine behaviour consultant and with 30 years experience in the field. She has the knowledge and understanding to help any dog. Our services include individual dog training, from basic to competition standard, assessments and behaviour consultations. The Canine College is set on five acres with a secure paddock and an indoor classroom. See thecaninecollege.ie or find us on Facebook for more information. And we're back on Clever Canines this week. And last week we had a good chat about newborn puppies, things to watch out for, when you're selecting your puppy, when you're going to visit a breeder or wherever you get your puppy from, and just the general environment and tips to be aware of. And we're delighted today now to welcome back Samantha Rawson to the show, uh, who's going to continue the conversation about puppies and more focus today on when the puppies come home to their new home. Samantha, uh, big welcome back to the show. Thanks, Tara. So, okay, today we're talking more about when the puppies come home after you bring in the puppy 
uh, to their new to their new environment. Do you want to start us off and uh, chat to us a bit about that? Okay, so um, the important thing before you bring the puppy home, it's important that there is some um, transition, that there's some continuity of transition. So it's a good idea to ask for some bedding or to ask for uh, maybe an old pillowcase or a, a tea towel to be put in with the puppies so that when you take the puppy home, that it's coming with some of its scent, its familiar scent with it, you know, to its new home so that it has something from its old home to bring to its new home. Um, because I, I often think it's quite traumatic for puppies leaving their initial home environment because they're they're leaving their mom, they're leaving the breeder, they're leaving familiarity, they're leaving their siblings and arriving into this brand new environment. So that scent is really, really important. Um, and also the food that maybe the breeder would give you some of the food so that you can change the dog's diet over to the food you want to feed it over a period of maybe two or three weeks, that you wouldn't suddenly change a dog's diet. That's where an awful lot of that kind of house training accidents happen. So when you're bringing your dog home and, you know, you've got it in the car, hopefully somebody is with you when you're bringing the puppy home. Um, if not, that if you could put it in a box on the floor of the car while it travels so that it can see people. I would never expect a puppy to travel in the back of a car alone, having just left its its family and everything that was familiar to it up until that point. Um, so then when you bring it home, if you can, to spend some time in the garden with it so that it has its first toileting experience outside in the appropriate place, that you don't bring a new puppy into the house and let it pee in the house, because if that's the first place it pees, well, then it will always want to return to that place. So if you can stay out in the garden with the puppy for as long as possible um, to see if it'll do its first pee outside. Um, if not, if it pees in the house, don't make a big deal of it and, and, you know, just clean it up. So I suppose the important thing about bringing a puppy home is that you need to give it a designated safe space. So I am a big fan of utility rooms or dog pens. Now, I'm, I'm kind of going off the idea of dog crates because over the last year or so, I've realized that most dog crates are far too small for the dog um, and that, that dogs feel hemmed in and some dogs um, can have kind of almost phobic reactions to dog crates. So I prefer a dog pen or a baby gate in a, in a utility room to give the dog lots of space. So you give it a nice, safe bed, a nice soft bed with the tea towel or the scent from, from the breeder, um, slightly raised off the floor. And then the rest of the space is covered in newspapers or puppy pads. Now, I'm not a big um, fan of puppy pads um, because of the environmental issue and all the rest of it. I think papers are actually much better. So you covered the, the rest of the floor in papers. So as soon as the dog gets out of bed, it's in the bathroom. And that's the beginning of the house training process. Um, so regular... Um, sleeping patterns, regular eating patterns um, and regular opportunities to, to toilet. So that's, you know, minding a puppy is really like minding a baby, only they're mobile. They've got four legs and they can run. <clears throat> um, excuse me. The other thing is, again, that, that I've come across is it's really important if you're going to get a dog that you have a secure garden. Again, so many behavior issues arise because the dog doesn't have a secure garden and the, the owners are kind of micromanaging it all the time and the dog never is given any privacy because dogs need privacy to go to the toilet. Um, so having a secure garden is incredibly important 
And if you don't have a secure garden, I would suggest you get a dog pen. But and to be perfectly honest, if you don't have a secure garden, you shouldn't get a dog in the first place. Um, it just amazes me how people go out and get dogs without secure gardens. Um, it's just, it's, you know, it's a bugbear of mine. But anyway. And Samantha, how important is it to get a regular routine set up for your puppy? Incredibly important, Dara. It's a, that's a really good question because think about if you brought a new baby home. You know, you have to have routine. So, so the puppy needs to be fed at least four times a day. Um, so it needs to then sleep. So puppies sleep an incredible amount. I don't think new dog owners actually realize how much puppies sleep. They literally only kind of are awake and run around for 20 minutes and then they collapse and heap and need to sleep. So as soon as a puppy wakes up, you bring it out to the toilet. So my, my kind of routine would be, you know, he's in his dog pen or he's in his secure area. As soon as he wakes up, I bring him outside to go for a pee. Um, I'd let him kind of run around for 15, 20 minutes outside. And then I'd feed him and let him run around for another 15, 20 minutes and then put him back to bed. So all told, the dog is probably only out for about 45 minutes. Um, and then he's back in bed and then the same thing. So it's kind of bed, out, bed, out, bed, out, bed, out. So literally the dog is literally going from bed, outside, being fed outside. That's another thing. I always feed puppies outside so that they're in the right place when they need to go. Or if they're fed in a utility room and the door is open so they can get outside themselves. But in this kind of weather, it's it's really important that dogs are fed outside. So a, a sleeping routine, an eating routine and a toileting routine. And then you're playing, you're playing with the pup outside, maybe, you know, after it's fed or whatever. So so as soon as it's peed and it's pooed, then you can bring it into the house for maybe about 20 minutes. So once you know your dog has peed and pooed outside, then he can trot around the kitchen for about 20 minutes because you know he's not going to pee. Um, most puppies will kind of can be clean for about 20 minutes. And that's the start of the whole house training process. So the only thing you're really teaching a puppy in the early days of, of having it are house training and being handled. So I pick up puppies a hell of a lot. I pick up puppies all the time. So they're really learning how to be handled and cuddled. And then it's about house training and, and regular feeding. So feeding three or four times a day and it kind of make a little um, timetable. So, you know, maybe, you know, you get up at six, the puppy is outside for pee, fed at quarter past six, then maybe brought back into bed at quarter to seven, you know, then sleeps for an hour or so and back out. So that the, the dog is kind of doing the same thing on a, on a kind of rotation basis for the first, say, two or three weeks that it's in your house. So you get it into a routine of sleeping, eating and toileting. That's incredibly important. Very good. And Samantha, we got a question in from one of our listeners over on Instagram. And the listener asked, how do you stop the puppy from crying at night? Uh, what I'm guessing by the question is the puppy is crying at night when they're like alone in their safe space in their sleeping area. Okay. Um, a great question because... Um, puppies, remember a new puppy. Now we're talking kind of eight, 10 weeks old. A new puppy has just lost its family. So it's really, really insecure. So I never leave puppies alone until they're absolutely, excuse me, absolutely happy to be left alone. So I think I would suggest with a very young puppy that I would almost have it in a dog pen in the bedroom and then slowly move it out of the bedroom or that, you know, I literally sit with puppies until they fall asleep. And then when they fall asleep, I kind of sneak off to bed. 
So the big mistake people make when they're trying to get puppies used to a dog pen or a dog crate or being on their own is they, they just leave them there and then they abandon them. So when the puppy opens its eyes, it's suddenly alone and then it's lost everything and it's in this strange place and starts screaming the house down. So it's really important to give puppies security and you need to sit with them. If you expect a puppy to relax in a safe place, you need to be there when it opens its eyes because it'll open its eyes, check in with you. And then, you know, then once it realizes it's safe, it'll fall back asleep again. But if it wakes up and, and finds itself alone in a strange place, obviously it's going to cry and, and, and you know, scream the house down. So I would think that's that's a process that needs to go be gone through stage by stage by stage. So I think it might be easier on everyone in the household and on the puppy to let the puppy sleep in the bedroom with you. And then when it wakes up, you can take it out for a pee. Um, so expect to be woken up two or three times a night, no more than a young baby. And then as soon as it's had a pee, put it back to bed and you go back to bed. So having a puppy is is quite hard work and it's actually very tiring. Um, but if, if you're not prepared for that, you shouldn't have a puppy because that kind of care and attention requires love and dedication. And, and most dog lovers were prepared to put the work in. So if you're not prepared to work, put the work in, I would suggest that maybe a dog is not for you. Yeah, definitely. And Samantha, one other question that came in was a listener has, is actually in a small puppy. And how soon should they introduce a puppy to their older dog? Okay. Um, I am very mindful of the safety and welfare of both the puppy and the older dog. Older dogs sometimes do not want to be pestered by this little puppy that's going to bounce in its face. Um, and I always think that that the welfare of the older dog is sometimes forgotten um, in the excitement of, of a new puppy. So I would tend to keep them separate. And this is where baby gates or dog pens are, are really great things and very useful because the dogs can be introduced safely through a barrier. So the puppy isn't going to jump in the older dog's face. And then over time, the older dog will kind of learn that this thing is in its house um, and this new arrival is is going to share its life and share its space. But really important that you don't let a young puppy hassle or climb all over an older dog. No more than, you know, you wouldn't leave granny with, a, you know, a 10 month old baby and expect her to look after it. You know, granny has served her time. She wants to sit down and watch a bit of TV in peace. Um, and that's the way I think about older dogs. You know, they've served their time. They probably didn't want this dog. You got the dog. If you're getting a second dog, you're getting it for you, not for the other dog. Um, so it's really important to be mindful that the older dog doesn't get hassled and stressed because an older dog will snap at a young puppy. And that can be the start of behavior issues down the road. So it's really important that they're well supervised and separated via a baby gate or that the puppy is in a puppy pen. That's great, Samantha. And we'll leave it there for today. Uh, that's Samantha Rawson from the Canine College. Thanks so much for joining me on the show again today. Ever Canines on the Big Bark is brought to you by the Canine College, run by champion dog trainer Samantha Rawson, a regular contributor to RT Radio and Television. Samantha is a certified canine behaviour consultant and with 30 years experience in the field, she has the knowledge and understanding to help any dog. Our services include individual dog training from basic to competition standards, assessments and behaviour consultations. The Canine College is set on five acres with a secure paddock and an indoor classroom. See the canine or find us on Facebook for more information.
And a big thanks again to Samantha Rawson there for joining us on the canine, or on Clever Canines to speak, brought to you by the Canine College. Uh, that's all the time that we have now today. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and it's been a, I suppose, a big one for us. 50th episode, as I said earlier on. And, well, here's to another 50 episodes going forward, and sure, well, look, we'll see how that goes. Um... But yeah, look, thanks ever so much to everyone for all the support that they've given this to the show over the last 50 episodes. Thanks to everyone as well for the lovely comments that they put up this week on that post about that little story that I shared to you earlier about me asking the most amazing God ever to marry me and getting the duckies involved with it too. Uh, one person actually I'm just looking here at the comments one person says here congratulations my mom is crying reading your story uh, just all the congratulations it's so nice to actually see so many people being like, so happy for us and like I see comments here from Pep Bond from uh, Samantha from Kids Around Dogs so thanks to everyone uh, that from the Ireland thanks to everyone who commented in and just like say congratulations, it does mean a lot to both myself and Jen. And like, well, you'll be hearing all the stories about as the over the next few years, I suppose, as we uh, start to get plans and dates and get the doggies involved even more. It's like, look, I think for us, like the dogs are like our most bestest buddies, and it's great to. We were able, I was able to get them involved as well, like and for Jen it was like so I suppose so happy for the, the doggies could be involved. I'm still kinda wondering, did she say yes to the doggies or did she say yes to me? But sure, look, I think she said yes to me as well. So I I, I come with the doggies apparently as a as a package. I, I just I come with the doggies, so that's why I've been told all along in a hand. So look, that's 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 good for me. Um but yeah, look, that's all the time we have. Be sure to check us out on Instagram. Follow us on the Big Bear Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, or on TikTok. Uh, I don't really use it unless I put up a ridiculously stupid video, which I might set you more of, because, yeah, sure, we have a few of those around. There's a few where Bruno knocked me over, and that must go up. I'd say they must be popping up on our memory soon enough. Uh, yeah, there's um, a few nice ones there. There's one of Millie, like, snoring, or chasing bunnies in our sleep. Uh, we'll get a few things up yet and we'll try and get into the TikTok thing, but sure, look, I don't really care about TikTok. Anyway, uh, BigBark.ie is where we're at. Find us on Spotify, find us on iTunes. And, well, it's been a great week for me here and a great week for Jen, a great week for the doggies being involved. And, yeah, look, to everyone else, have a great week and we'll see you back here at our usual time on Thursday. The Big Bark, listen up dog owners, it's for you, all you canine lovers. It's your favorite podcast, The Big Bark, with your host, Dara Burke, and canine co-hosts, Bruno and Millie. The Big Bark. <laughs>